When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff every Friday. I am Andrew Renan, on location in Las Vegas with Brianna Manuel Pena. Yes, we are here at the Dice Summit 2024, live and in person, getting to actually speak to people, not over a video camera, which is yeah. so refreshing. IRL. <laughs> and enjoying the one of the first big events of the year. Yes, the Dice Summit is always such an exciting event because I love getting to reconnect with people after like the long holiday break and kind of figuring out what people are up to. And it's a much different show than a lot of the other shows that you guys have seen us cover on this podcast from PAX to E3 Comic Con, that kind of stuff. It's not a consumer-facing show. It's barely an industry-facing show. It's the smallest of the industry shows that I've ever been to. And it's a really great place to kind of connect with and talk to them about what their studios are up to, you know, kind of what their plans for the for the year are and for the future and kind of getting to meet new devs as well, which is a really fun part of the game at DICE. Absolutely. I think one of my favorite things about DICE, and we can talk more about it later in the show, is that people are actually open to conversations and sharing information and it's, you know, much more of a collaborative environment than other places where people are just focused mostly on selling whatever they just announced. Yeah, or a show like GDC where they're focused on learning from each other, exactly. which is you know a very different style show too. So we're glad that we're here, and we're very excited to go to the awards tonight. So we won't be talking about who won because we don't know yet, <laughs> but you guys know that we always do that the week after anyway. Yeah, and there's also another uh, little piece of news that may be coming out later today as we're recording on Thursday. Oh, yes. Well, before we jump into that, I do <laughs> want to say thank you to this month's Patreon producers, Board 8 Gamers Club, Veritatia, who's at the show, Joshua Franklin, Justin Koshi, and Pontified, who's also at this show. <laughs> so it's, yesterday. <laughs> it's been wonderful to see some of our fantastic producers in person and thank them for the support and thank you to everybody on our Patreon for supporting our show and we understand that not everybody can support with dollars, but hopefully you have a couple minutes of your time where you can support our show with a five-star review. We would really appreciate you going over there, hitting that rating button, hitting that follow button, telling a friend about the show. Every little bit helps, so thank you to everybody who's done so already. Obviously, you guys know the show's going to be a little bit different this week. We have a really fun interview coming up after Rihanna and I are done chatting with Rebecca Valentine from IGN to hear all about the new IGN Creator Guild. Creative Guild? Creator um, Guild? Um, I'll have to look up the exact wording. <laughs> Sorry, Rebecca. Uh, she explains it all. So they started a union, everybody, and we got to talk to her about it. So hopefully you guys will stick around for that interview. But we have a couple pieces of news we want to talk about. First, the news that we don't know about yet. Because yes. we had to record this ahead of the announcement. Last week, we had mentioned that there was rumblings mm. about Xbox first-party games and are they going multi-platform. Right. Phil Spencer made a statement saying, I have more to say. We'll see you next week. That is happening this afternoon, mm -hmm. and unfortunately, we can't delay the report to include that. So, right. 
is that going to be impactful? Don't know. Both Rihanna and I have kind of heard some industry rumblings that it's going to be a little bit less exciting than people are anticipating. Yeah, hopefully people are pleased with the final result, but it doesn't seem like it's anything that's going to, you know, skyrocket or completely tank anyone's investment holdings or yeah. anything like that. I think they are not trying to have big news moments right now. No. That's the vibe that I'm getting. Exactly. So I don't think that this is going to be a huge announcement. Also, if they do go multi-platform, okay. That's actually good for everybody. It is. It's good for the devs. It's good for players. It's good for Xbox. I don't, I don't know why that seems so controversial. Well, you know, people have strong The console wars. <laughs> we can't let them die. Well, well, we'll talk about it more next week, I'm sure. Yes, yes, we will. Um, another big piece of news that happened to drop after we did the show last week, which you guys may have heard about, is this tiny little deal that the Walt Disney Company, take a shot, my husband John Drake works for the Walt Disney Company, uh, did with another tiny company, Epic Games. Oh, never heard of them. <laughs> $1.5 billion. Mm, yeah, we saw... The, the Islands of Disney, or whatever they're calling it. I don't think we have an official name yet. There's no. very little information. So we got a beautiful trailer, which I'm sure gonna insert B-roll here. So yes. if you wanna go ahead and head over to YouTube and watch. <laughs> and we saw different islands, like similar to the Fortnite island, from the zoomed out, like, like glacial, glacial? Mountains? What, whatever Top view down. would be would be like, Really, really far like, out in space. Yes. Top down view. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. High. Like very high in the sky. Yeah. And so we saw different islands that were themed around Disney properties. We see a Millennium Falcon. We saw the Wreck-It Ralph, like, downtown area. We saw Pandora, the, the Avatar Islands, which I know you're a big fan of. Yes. <laughs> I like my blue people. Yeah. And so we get to see what we could potentially go zoom down into as our Fortnite characters with our beautiful, beautiful skins. And... Play, get up to shenanigans, shoot, build. I don't know what we're gonna do down there, but I want to get in there. I want to see what it's like. So I'm excited. It's a very interesting partnership. I think it makes a lot of sense on a number of levels. Tim Sweeney, the you know founder and leader over at Epic Games, has talked publicly many times about his visions for the metaverse, and clearly Fortnite is its own metaverse right now. And what they're doing with the technology with Unreal Engine and being able to give people the tools to build those virtual spaces is, is really incredible. And so they feel like a really good partner for somebody who wants to make that kind of investment into building their own metaverse. And Disney has a lot of really talented people. We've seen some cool stuff coming out of the Imagineering team over the last couple of weeks, them kind of making some announcements about stuff that's coming to the parks and whatnot. Um, but this is a really special kind of tech to build. And so I think it's going to be a really interesting journey to see what Disney is going to put in there because they just have this humongous library <laughs> of IP. And if anybody has been to Walt Disney World Resorts in Orlando and gone to all of the different parks, I mean, that's still just like a sliver of all the things that they could be doing. And that's a lot. Even if they just built WDW in a metaverse and made that the game, mm -hmm. I'd be into it. Exactly. And like the theme park in the game, it feels like what Fortnite has been building towards forever, right? Like, like with the, the shooting part aside, which we're a big fan of here at What's Good Games, yeah. multiplayer fans, like 
just living and existing in this space and going on a ride, coming out, visiting the gift shop, getting a picture of yourselves and buying some merch. Like, of course, Disney would be excited about that. Of course, Epic would be excited about that. But I would be excited about that. I love yeah. going to theme parks. And if I could do it in a bonita suit, even better. You know? I hadn't contemplated that image in my mind until you said it. And now <laughs> it's going to live there rent-free forever. Um, I think about some of the other cool kind of crossover things that they could potentially do. Like, if you guys have ever been to one of the Walt Disney Parks, you know that there's all these cute little backpacks oh my gosh. that people wear. What if you go to the park, you buy your cute little like backpack with the, the ears on them or your favorite character, whoever, and then there's like a digital code, and you can then redeem that code and then your character in the game has the same backpack. Oh my god. Or what if it was the reverse? What if you find it yeah. in the game and then you can do whatever download code and then get access to purchase it? See, Disney, you should just hire us to do all your ideas, okay? <laughs> Imagineers, holler. <laughs> just, you know, give us a call whenever you need some inspiration. We got you. Um, but this is exciting news. We're obviously going to keep an eye on it. I reached out to Disney PR to see if I can get an official statement. As of the time of the recording, hadn't heard back. But Bob Iger spoke on their earnings call about this, this investment that they've made into Epic. They also have an undisclosed amount of percentage points investing into the company as well. So this clearly seems like it's going to be a very big project for both of these companies. And very long term. Yes. So we're going to, you know, keep tabs on it and hopefully have something cool to report down the line and something cool to play. Yeah. Maybe we can have like a little what's good meetup inside whatever they're doing. That sounds like a perfect plan. Oh, yeah. But we did want to call out that we have a fantastic interview coming up with Rebecca. Um, and we're also at DICE. And the DICE Awards are happening today. And what I think is really fun about coming to the Dice Awards versus other award shows like the Game Awards, for example, or the Game Developers Choice Awards, which are the GDC Awards, that in front of the show, Alana Pierce is hosting, which is very awesome. We're happy for her. Um, is that this show is pure nominated peers. Yes. Whereas the Game Awards is critic nominated and critic voted. What's with Games is a member of the jury for the Game Awards. It, what we look at and evaluate in the game is very different from what a developer and someone who's part of a development team evaluates. And I always find it so fascinating to see the difference between who's winning the categories. This, and the categories aren't identical, of course, but they're very similar in some. Like who wins which award shows and how different it can be. Yeah, it's almost like, like the Academy Awards versus looking at box office numbers, right? Like something could be very popular, but maybe the, the devs have something else that's really bubbled up as a technical achievement that they feel is really inspiring inspiring and, and deserving of praise internally and externally. So it's really awesome to come to Dice Swords for that validation for people who maybe have worked really hard and what they do is something that we can't see, but other devs see it, right? And they get to be recognized on that larger stage. It's just, it's just such a good feel, good moment, you know? Yeah, I mean, I love hearing your perspective on this as someone who's been a part of dev teams and worked on games that have been nominated. Like, what is the kind of vibe when you go into a show like this? You're like, do you care about the award? <laughs> yes. Are you like, listen, now we ship the game, it's done, I don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. It's very much that, um, well, when you see the whole category and like who you're stacked up against, it's very much like, oh, okay, I think I know who's going to win, right? And it may be you, maybe it may not be you. And at that point, it's like, oh, it's just another being nominated because you do feel that recognition. At that level, you've risen above the noise of thousands of other games that came out in that year, right? We don't even really think about how many games come out every single year. We only talk about 
maybe 10% of them won this show and any show. True. And to be visible in that way is life-changing for a lot of studios and for a lot of developers who are part of these projects. But if you think you have a shot at winning, it is, ooh, the heart starts beating. You're, you're just wondering, like, okay, um, how many people played it? How many people in this specific community played it? Like, did we do enough? Like, should we have patched that one last bug? Like, like you really do start picking everything apart in your brain if you're an overthinker like me. Yeah. Um, but it, it does feel great just to be a part of the conversation. So even if it is a loss, you usually lose some game that really deserves it, and, and you're happy for the entire industry. I thought you touched on a, what would seem like an obvious thing of, yeah, you kind of know who's going to win certain categories, but I think 2023 is a huge wild card. Oh, God. Because, I mean, yeah. As we saw at the Game Awards, you know, there was just so many phenomenal, highly rated games for both critics and fans. Mm. In these categories, it was like, we honestly don't know who the are. It's really tough for 2023, and what I think especially tough is that so many great games came out at the same time. Like, hello, September, October. Yes, all of our wallets are still crying. Yes, thanks. Our wallets and our sleep schedules. And also, a lot of those games came out later in the year, right? They came like late summer, early fall, when you know your time is just not as available as it was before mm -hmm. earlier in the year. So you have a, a really great experience like Hyper Rush, and it has the the benefit of space, right? Space and time. People were excited to play it. It dropped as a stealth game. <coughs> as soon as we heard about it, we started experiencing it and then fell in love with it, most people at least. And you're bopping up music, it feels really good to do the combat, and then you get to sit down and digest it and think about it. And we didn't get that same opportunity with many of the best games that came out last year. And I am never going to forget the Dice Awards where Untitled Goose Game, mm. Game of the Year, yeah. and I was like, it, I think it took a lot of people by surprise. <laughs> and I love that there's that spontaneity of like, it could be people winning that you just have no, you just had, did not predict it at all. Yeah, or you didn't even know about the game. True. That's happened here before. Yeah. Absolutely. Which is exciting, right? Like, we, we watch award shows to get hip to what's cool and popular, right? Like, yeah. it's, it's really cool to watch the Academy Awards and like, oh, that's a new movie I should add to my list. Like, the same happens for me at Dice over here, because there's always some surprise. And you're like, okay, I guess I gotta check that out. If the devs think it's cool, it must be worth my time. But you're working on another award show, aren't you? I am. So at the end of this month, uh, the very end, actually February 29th at 6 p.m. Pacific, I Mark will it in be, the calendars. <laughs> I'll be co-hosting the Swannies with Polly Adams from Spawn on Me, and you can watch that either on Twitch at Spawn on Me or on IGN. We're dual broadcasting this year. That's fantastic. Yeah. Love that you're back doing the Spawnies. Thank you. Of course, she comes straight out of maternity leave, which you're still in. Yes, I'm still And you're like, <laughs> I'm just doing all the things. You know, uh, the baby sleeps a lot right now, and she will probably just any day it. now. Yeah. So I'm taking advantage while I can. That's, that's what you got to do, Mama. <laughs> all right, well, I think that's going to wrap it up for us. I am excited to let you guys take a listen to our fantastic interview. So we will be back with Rebecca Valentine right after this. 
What's good, everybody? Andrew Renee here with my girl, Rihanna Manuel Pena. We are at DICE 2024 in Las Vegas, and I am joined by the wonderful Rebecca Valentine, senior reporter at IGN. It's so good to see you, and welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. I, I love that we were just able to stumble upon one another and, and do this in person. Yes, yes. Obviously, much different than our traditional podcast setting, and I'm so glad that you were able to make it out to DICE as well. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to corner you and talk to you <laughs> about this amazing announcement that you guys just made at IGN. You yeah. have a brand new union. We do. We are the IGN Creators Guild. Uh, we announced, I mean, we're recording this at an indeterminate time, but it was, you know, like a week ago or so. And yeah, a group of people who make all of the wonderful things that you see on IGN.com and its channels have gotten together and said, hey, uh, wouldn't it be cool if we also had a say in the way that our work was done and the conditions under which it is done? And so that's what we're asking for. That is such a simple thing. You make it sound like you're just like, yeah, we just decided to start it and now we started it. It was really just that easy, right? You, oh, no. You haven't been working tirelessly for, you know, endless amounts of time on this. <laughs> Not endless amounts of time. It is. I, I do think that uh, unionization is a little bit more of a challenging process than some people might think. I think it's very... It's very easy to sort of say whenever things are going wrong in the industry, oh, they should just start a union as if you can snap your fingers and make one. But, you know, it, it, it's complicated. You have to talk to your coworkers, like all of them, and, and find out what, what their needs are. What, what things do they like about their jobs? What things do they not like about their jobs? What things do they want to keep? What things do they wish would change? Uh, how do they feel about the idea of a union? It's, it's a lot of getting to know people. And it, it, I've come out of this. I, I already loved and respected all my coworkers, but I've come out of this, like, loving and respecting them just that much more for getting to know them. Well, that's such a lovely byproduct to have. Was really there is. a specific genesis for this project to kind of get started? Um, I wouldn't say there was any one specific thing. I think there's been very casual conversations about unions at IGN over the years, even before my time there. Like when I came in, there were already people who were kind of positive on the idea of having one. It was just sort of finally getting everyone together and saying, okay, let's just sit down and figure out what this would actually entail and how we would do it. And, you know, the, there were some things like we, the, the media industry has been kind of in a weird spot the last couple of years. Uh, there's been a lot of layoffs at other websites. IGN had layoffs uh, back in December of 2022. Uh, there's been concerns about generative AI taking people's jobs. Uh, so that was something we've been talking about. Um, and then there's been an increase in both digital and now that we've gotten vaccinated uh, in-person events and that takes a lot of work to run. And so, you know, we've been getting together with our coworkers and saying, hey, like there's things we need to be protected from. And there are also things about our jobs at IGN specifically that we really like that other websites don't have. And we wanna make sure that we get to keep those no matter what happens to the media industry or IGN or anything else. So uh, it's great to hear that you all did that internal work and figuring out what the needs are of all of your coworkers and like what could really help you succeed even more than you have. But what are some of the external research sources that you use to form this union? Yeah, so we, we ended up unionizing with uh, News Guild, uh, which is under the Communication Workers of America, the CWA. And so they, they themselves were an incredible resource. Like they, you know, 
there's a there's whole processes like legal processes to making unions that you just don't really think about uh, when you're considering it. And so they you know gave us access to resources. They helped us talk to our coworkers in more effective ways because a lot of people had questions that we didn't know the answers to, and so we were able to get those answers. Uh, we did some outreach to other folks too. I mean, we obviously talked to some other unions just to you know see what the field was like and what they could do for us. Uh, we also talked to a lot of other people in games media who were already unionized just to see like what did you get out of it? Was this a positive experience for you? Uh, uh, you know what what advice would you give us and so there, there was a lot of that as well and how has the reception been so far like publicly privately like do you, do you feel like there's a specific tone that people are taking when you talk about it and they have their natural reaction yeah honestly the response has been like overwhelmingly positive there's always that bit of trepidation um, you know comment sections can be mean about stuff and so <laughs> They're always mean. They really haven't been in this case. You know, there's always like one or two people who are naysayers, but for the most part, everyone's been stoked for us. Like our colleagues and other and other sites have been stoked for us. Our audience has been really excited. Uh, everybody's just taken a really, they've taken the tone that we asked them to. We've said, hey, we're excited about this. Please be excited with us. And, and everybody's really risen to the occasion. Uh, internally, we're celebratory. Uh, we're really optimistic that we're gonna have positive conversations with our uh, owners and management at Ziff Davis. Uh, the, I can't really say too much at the moment, but the private conversations that have been going on so far have been really productive and positive, and we just have a really optimistic outlook that that's going to continue. I love the optimism and the positivity. I think that's such a wonderful change of pace from a lot of the other sentiments <laughs> Gosh, that yeah. usually are around stories around unions. And I'll admit just from my own you know, lack of knowledge, like I think the idea of what a union is is so different to so many different people and yeah. people think they know what a union is and if they've never been a part of one they maybe don't know and i feel like unions are equally demonized and praised depending on what side of the argument you're coming from do you guys feel like overall the steps that you have made are going to have lasting impact and it's going to be worth all of the work that you've put into it like just from now obviously you're like well, we just started so it might be hard to tell but from some of the early conversations that you've had absolutely and i i think the easy answer to that question is the the one thing that a union can guarantee us is a voice when we all stand together we get a say of some kind in what our working conditions are and how our work goes down. Uh, there's actually, the day that we're recording this, there's a really great article that got posted on Polygon uh, from a person who works at ZeniMax, who's part of their union, uh, where they basically say, this was worth it, I would do it all again. And it's a really wonderful article that you should totally go check out. But I, fe I feel that very much as well. A, a union is not magically going to mean that I personally get every single thing I want out of my job wholesale. A union also doesn't magically mean I will never get laid off. Like, you know, sometimes things happen and sometimes, you know, my job is not always gonna be the exact perfect dream thing that I want it to be. No one's is. Uh, but what it does is it gives me and all of my colleagues who are in this union with me the opportunity to go to the table with management and talk about this stuff and share our experiences and ask for what they want. And if there's a situation where we can't come to an agreement, we do have a power together as workers to nudge things in a more positive direction. So the unions that I have looked at and looked at membership and like how to join always have a really kind of strict set of criteria and guidelines you have to meet. 
What does somebody who wants to be part of the IGN union have to do to join the union? Do you guys have like a threshold of like, you have to have like X amount of articles written or X amount of hours worked? Is it just you, ha you have to be an employee of Ziff Davis? Like, how does that work? Yeah, it's nothing quite that nuanced. Um, there are a lot of weird like legal weeds around this that are not super worth getting into, but you... It's, it's full-time employees of IGN. There have been people who have been asking if this impacts freelancers. Uh, we all freaking love our freelancers. And when we go to the bargaining table, you know, we're, we would like to have conversations that make sure that, you know, freelancers have positive experiences with us uh, as well. But it is ultimately a union of full-time IGN employees. It's also not every IGN employee. Um, again, can't, can't get into a whole lot of the nuance, but like for instance, the top level managers cannot be in the union because they're the ones who set the working conditions for everyone else. Um, and then generally this is a, a union of people who create things for the website and its channels. So the people who are making the art, who are making the social posts, the videos, the articles, the things that you see on IGN and IGN and its channels every day, those are the people who are in the union. Uh, there's no there's no like article quota or anything like that. If you're someone who is doing that kind of work and you get hired at IGN and you are not a top level manager, you are probably eligible for this union. I'm just imagining you going into your full like Fran Drescher era <laughs> with like the picket signs for the first strike. Hopefully that doesn't happen for no, a very, very long time. No, we do not want that, no. Um, Nobody wants that. <laughs> but, um, I just think that this is such a, a positive thing and all I can keep thinking is, is, oh my gosh, when did you have the time? Because you keep putting out such amazing pieces. <laughs> if you guys haven't been reading Rebecca's work on IGN.com, please go check it out and click on all of her articles. Give her all, all of the credit and flowers that she deserves. But Shucks. I mean, what are you doing now that you aren't starting a union? Do you feel like you're like, oh my gosh, I had this giant project and now it's it's out there in the world. What, what do I do now? Well, I don't have to worry about that too much because, you know, a, a union is kind of always at least some work for the people who are involved in it because a union is us. Like, you know, the common, the common sort of union busting argument people will make is that, oh, the union's a third party. Some other guy is going to come swoop in and change your work. And that's super not true. Like everything that you see, everything this union has announced, everything we've done, all the work we've put in, it was the employees of IGN who did it. We all did it together. Uh, and that work does continue. So we're currently asking Ziff Davis, at the time we're recording this, we're currently asking Ziff Davis for voluntary recognition, which means they you know, look at us, they see our union, uh, and they say, yep, that looks like a union to us. Uh, and then we get legal protections under the National Labor Relations Board. Uh, so we're asking them for that right now. Uh, there have been discussions internally. They are going positively. It is entirely possible uh, that between the time we record this and the time this goes up that we get voluntary recognition. I don't know if that will happen, but it could. Uh, and if it does, then the next step is we are going to start working towards figuring out what our contract looks like because that's that's what this does. We have the ability to work with them to figure out what our contract will be and the conditions under which we work. And that's going to be a time-consuming process. It's not, it's not going to get done in a week or anything like that. And kind of one of the first steps is once again going back to all of our colleagues again and saying, hey, like, pie in the sky, what do you want? Uh, let's let's figure out what the things that are most important to us are. Let's figure out what things are important, but maybe less so. And let's let's you know have conversations about how this takes shape. And there's there's a whole bunch of other little steps in the middle of that. But suffice to say, the work is not done. It's truly incredible, as you know, Andrea said. Of many as many people have said, what you have all accomplished there. But what would you say if you're giving advice to somebody who's at a company that isn't quite there yet? If they're maybe talking to their employees or talking to their coworkers and saying, hey, maybe 
things could be better here. Maybe we should talk to each other more. Maybe we should have a collective voice when we go to our management. And they, they don't know where to start. What would you say to them? I mean, honestly, exactly what you said. The first step is to talk to your coworkers. Uh, if you think you might want a union at your work, you don't get to be a union by yourself. That's not how that works. So talk to your coworkers. And you, Collective bargaining. Yeah, you need a couple people for that. And it doesn't have to be scary. You don't have to walk up to your coworker tomorrow and say, hey, want to start a union? <laughs> it's not, you don't have to do that. You can just walk up to people and say, hey, like, how's work going? How have you been? Like, you know, is, is everything going well at work? Are there th you know, what, what do you like about this job? Um, you can... Ask coworkers to have lunch with you or have coffee with you, or if you're remote, you know, see if they want to play a game with you or something outside of working hours and just get to know them and see, see what things they like and dislike. And then as, as you talk to them, you will inevitably discover common ground with them. Uh, and that's the point where you can start saying, hey, like we seem to have some common interests and you know, maybe, maybe your boss is giving you a hard time about something and you've been trying to confront them by yourself and it's not working. Well, guess what? Two people showing up to that meeting is stronger than one person. And maybe two people isn't enough and maybe you need three. And maybe you just, you just keep chipping away at it like that. So what were your pie in the sky wants when you guys were looking at the things you're going to ask for? Mine personally? Yeah, yours personally. Yeah, I, I think the layoffs one is a big one. Uh, this industry is really unstable, and I, I don't know if it's apparent, but I freaking love my job. <laughs> I really like it, and I want to keep it. And I know having a union doesn't guarantee I will never get laid off, but it does mean that if, if layoffs happen, the collective group of us can maybe change the, the, the circumstances under which they're happening. Maybe we can bargain for better severance. Maybe we can say, hey, uh, if you need to lay people off, come talk to us first and let's see if we can come up. Maybe, maybe we'll be willing to take voluntary pay cuts. Maybe we're willing to do something else to stop this from happening. I don't know the details on what we'll ask for yet because we haven't gotten to that stage yet. But I do know that myself and everybody else really cares about finding ways to protect not just me personally, but each other in that situation so that we don't, that we don't have to lose any colleagues or if we do, it's under the most favorable circumstances to those people as possible. Uh, that's the big one for me. I think the other one and the one that I'm really stoked to talk about with you guys is I want to see IGN just continue to get better at diversity, equity, and inclusion. You know, if you look at us today versus, you know, 20 years ago, uh, we are night and day. We have gotten so much better at promoting uh, underrepresented voices in this industry, putting them front-facing on our content, celebrating them and supporting them, but we're not perfect yet. Uh, we still have a long way to go. Uh, there, there are still many, many things we can do to make sure that everybody has a seat at the table. Everybody is being celebrated, represented, and supported. Uh, and I, I really care about getting getting some things in writing that will help further that. Here, here. I love that. I love that journey, not only for IGN, but for you and for all of the other people who have been working there and making the site such a wonderful place to consume content. Obviously, we talk about IGN on What's Good Games almost weekly, like one of the best news sources in video games, of course, and you guys are doing great features and reviews work. Um, I guess, like, you know, from here... Let's talk about, just quickly to wrap things up, like what you're doing here specifically at DICE with the Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences. Are you interviewing people? Are you just kind of observing some of the talks that are happening? Yeah, well, this isn't really a union answer because I'm here. I am here for my job, yes. but yeah, no, I'm I'm here because my primary job at IGN is as an investigative reporter, and so it's my job to be able to feel comfortable talking to people. I just I usually describe it as I 
tell the story of how the games we love get made. I talk to developers, I find out what that story is, and I put it out into the world. And at times when people don't feel safe attaching their names to it, I make sure that they have a safe outlet to do that. Uh, so coming to something like this, uh, a lot of it is talking to developers about what their work is like, what what the conditions in the industry are like, and you know, forming those relationships so that when there is a story to tell, they know that they can come talk to me about it. And it's also sometimes meeting with top level people in the industry, which is something I'm, I'm doing a little bit of here as well. And getting like the lay of the land, what what trends are they seeing? What interesting things are happening that they're keeping an eye on? Um, and just being being ready to come back uh, in future articles with thoughtful analysis and critique and commentary uh, and an understanding of what's actually going on in games. Doing her job, everybody. <laughs> That's what she's doing, her job. Always. Doing it well. Um, any parting questions? Yeah, I guess just like, what do you hope for the future of like dice and events and coming to these these spaces as a member of a union like does that look different for you as th than it did before it doesn't look a whole lot different i mean i think I think largely traveling to outside events, uh, just just personally uh, for IGN, has been has been pretty good. Uh, I I was like people asking you what's it like now that you're married, and you're like it's the same. <laughs> it's roughly the same. I I think I think Dice is not counted in this because it's it's a smaller event. We don't send out like a whole entourage. I'm I'm having a pretty chill time at this. Uh, there are other bigger events that we send people to throughout the year, uh, where we go out in full force and we have tons and tons of work to do, and we're doing video productions and all kinds of stuff around that. I I know a lot of my coworkers uh, have, you know, concerns about the ways in which those are handled. Sometimes we want to make sure that everybody is getting adequate time because you know it's it's a lot of work. You show up and you sometimes work long it's hours, a lot of work crunch, overtime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We we understand that, you know. That's the event season. Uh, but we want to make sure people are getting adequate time off to recuperate after that. We want to make sure that we have enough people and enough staffing uh, so that those go smoothly and everybody is comfortable doing their jobs. Uh, so there's, there is some conversation around events, but I, I think DICE is largely fine. <laughs> well, we will be talking to somebody at IGN later in the year about the big event that you guys just announced, which is very exciting. Yeah, IGN Live. Yes, it's coming this summer, uh, just announced, and very eager to hear about all the cool things that you guys are going to be doing for that but I'm I know so excited I know it's still early it's not summer is still you know months away <laughs> um, but we'll have to get you back on the show to, to talk about what you've been playing and all the other things you've got going on would love to it was so good to see you and congratulations on all of the work that you and your team that put together everything did and um, hopefully you guys are gonna get fun little pins your logo design is excellent oh you're like, look at, I already have mine. Yeah. Got my button on. It's great. Um, well, thanks for being on the show and enjoy the rest of your time at Dice. Can I plug us? Absolutely. Uh, if you want to, don't know where we are on voluntary recognition as of the time this is publishing, but if you want to know like how to support us or what we're doing generally, uh, follow at IGN Union on Twitter and Instagram and whatever we are doing, we will be telling you there. <laughs> you heard it here and we'll put the link in the show notes. All right. We'll see you guys later. Bye. Well, thanks everybody for joining us on our very special on location at Dice 2024 episode. Reem, so good to do this with you in person. Yeah, and we're in Vegas, which is fun. Yeah. We both got like the I'm yelling <laughs> over loud music and slot machines voice. We're, really, we're a little scratchy, but we're still yeah. got energy. Yeah, <laughs> I'm feeling good. I, I woke up this morning and I was like, I'm going to fight the fatigue with every fiber of my being and have an excellent day. I woke up this morning and drove to my mom's house to see my baby for a few minutes. As you do. Yeah. yeah. And then I drove back and I was like, I need a nap. <laughs> but we're here. We're making it work. Yeah. We're having fun, everybody. <laughs> we're excited to do hopefully more of this kind of content for you guys throughout the year. Like, I really love the idea of being able to break from the 
format that we've been doing, as I mentioned on the show a couple of weeks ago, going to be experimenting with some stuff. So if you guys have any feedback about types of episodes that you like or things that you think you would like us to try or specific shows or games or anything you're like, I would like to see you guys cover that or talk about that, drop it in the comments. Email us at contact at whatsgoodgames.com. Tweet to us on the app formerly known as Twitter. <laughs> Is that what we're officially doing? Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm doing for now. Until I find something funnier. Somebody here actually <laughs> told me, they're like, I'm just going to keep calling it Twitter mm-hmm. because I'm not letting Elon win. I refuse to acknowledge X as an existence. And I was like... Well, that's a position to take, I guess. It is. I mean, my handle is Rihanna Tweets now. Like, what am I supposed to say? Rihanna X's now? That does feel a little weird. Yeah, I don't like that. I feel like you keep it. I keep it. Yeah. Yeah. She's keeping it. I'm keeping it. All right, we'll see you next week. Bye.